Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. So a number of you asked for an episode on perimenopause and menopause. So here it is. Um, This is with Kate Codrington, author of The Second Spring, The Positive Approach to Menopause. And it's such a brilliant book. And so Kate was the first person I thought of to interview around this. And it really is just um, what Kate's approach just feels so fresh compared to so much else that I've read. And I said to Kate at the end of the conversation, I feel like you're on this mission to spread kindness because she really brings heaps of kindness as just her as a being, but also really spreading the word of the importance of kindness, particularly at this phase in life. So we explored so much around kindness, why it's important to slow down and rest and how to um, navigate the different phases, what the different phases are, which has been a super helpful framework for me to understand some of where I'm at in this just big transition time. And also Kate talks around the fear that we have in our culture around perimenopause and menopause. She shares her views on HRT and how to know if it's right for you or not. And then, of course, being the Sexy Life podcast, we've had some conversation around how your sexuality can change at perimenopause, menopause, and also how to connect with your sexuality through this transition. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode, and I'm really excited today to have a conversation with Kate Codrington. Kate, welcome. Thank you. I'm so looking forward to this. Oh, likewise. So just to introduce a little about you. So you've written a book recently called The Second Spring, The Self-Care Guide to Menopause, which I've just finished reading and and absolutely loved. I would have loved it a couple of years ago because I know it's only come out recently. And it's just been the most wise, sort of caring, gentle companion I've been describing it as to menopause and perimenopause. So tell me a little bit about you and what you do and how you got into this world. (laughs) Wow. Well, how long have you got, really? (laughs) I'm very, I'm quite mercurial. So, and I really hate being put in a box. So this is a really, really hard question to answer. So I've taken to calling myself Chief Validation Officer. Because mostly what I seem to do is to validate other people's feelings and needs. Mm. Um, And I think that is a large part of what my book, Second Spring, is about. It's about lending a bit of weight into, yes, if you feel like this, this 
sadness, this grief, this rage, this whatever that you're struggling with, yes, your feelings are valid. And that's okay, you know, that you're in you're entitled to feel this stuff. And you know, no matter how much work we've done and how much, you know, therapy and workshops and you know, all the kind of practices that you might encounter we still live in a soup of um patriarchy and in a, a, a soup of putting our own needs second um and my experience is that we we need constant reminding that we're okay i need constant reminding that i'm okay so that's mostly what i do so that that that's the kind of daft <laughs> And gentle answer to your very straightforward <laughs> question. I'll, I'll answer it more sensibly. I'm a writer, so I, I I like to understand the world by writing stuff down. Uh, I see clients one to one, and I use medicine circles, which is a beautiful, is my favourite practice in the whole freaking world. I love it. It brings us into our knowing in a way that nothing else I've encountered does, and that's that was I learned that through Red School. And I use them in groups as well, uh, sort of facilitating small groups, larger groups with medicine circles. And what else? I'm an artist. I work with words and thread and stitching and upcycling. And oh, podcaster. Oh, you see what I mean? It's like, it doesn't make any sense. So what, what kind of sensible person could possibly, I don't know. Anyway, that, so that's some of what I do. Does that, how does that, how does that land? however you share is perfect so um so i love it so thank you and i would love there's so much there that i would want to ask you already and i love what you shared about the chief validation officer because i think there's a point in the book where you say if it's if you're feeling messy you're doing it right <laughs> something like that and i remember reading that thinking oh god just permission for it to be messy yeah. um, and so yeah, so as I'd love you to share sort of on the before we dive into more of the book, sort of on the big picture, why is there so much fear, um, lack of knowledge and understanding when it comes to the areas of, of perimenopause and menopause? Mm. Well, we as female people, we are praised for our fertility, essentially and our usefulness and productivity, and that includes having a functioning womb that might, might stand, stands a better chance of popping out another human on a good day, maybe for a few for a few decades. And that, even though we're in the 21st century, that kind of still stands. And so age is not valued. Signs of age are not valued. You only have to go into boots, like I did this morning, and cast your eye across uh, the cosmetic counters and that will tell you everything you need to know about what we feel about how we value ourselves and age is not is not okay we we and, and you know and I, I say that and my I, I feel the kind of contraction and the kind of the effort it takes again to counteract that cultural message 
it's hard work. It's really hard work. And perimenopause as as a as a symbol of well, it's not a symbol as a signifier of coming towards the end of our fertility is seen with a great deal of fear. Mm. And of course, the fear makes everything worse because we then believe it's going to be bad, we're contracting, and what we expect turns into our reality. Mm. And that's that's more or less what we see in the mainstream media, media at the moment, that we have this gorgeous in the UK, we have this gorgeous uprising of awareness and women speaking out and voices and people being heard, which is just, I mean, it's so exciting. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. It's, it's, I didn't expect it to happen this quickly. Although I did, I knew it was coming. I, I really, I knew this one. I really knew this one was coming. I could feel it. But I didn't expect it to happen this quickly. But this awareness and this uprising and these voices are steeped in this culture of fear, steeped in this culture of this is awful and we, we need you to fix it. We need, we need something to be done. And actually, my view is that we need, we need less to be done. We need to undo and allow us, allow our internal mess as much as we can, you know, in the real world, as much as we can, because that undoing takes us to a more whole place and to a better place. You know, our, our nature is to want to change. Our nature is to move towards change. And we have to get out of our own way in order for that to happen. And it's really magical and really majestic and splendid and life affirming and marvelous. <laughs> that's my narrative. Mm, beautiful. And that's a wholesome narrative because of course, it's much easier to deal with difficult physical and emotional stuff if you're holding that as having meaning and direction and purpose in it mm. yeah absolutely because when I was growing up it's like menopause is this place where you just go crazy and you start to just shrivel up and and, and life disappears in importance yeah. is what I saw okay. that was modeled Let's, can we can we hold yeah. that shrivel so what's that shrivel about I mean this is this is the this is where I get really excited about what is that that yeah. shrivel yeah well the shrivel is the the life sort of shrivels up vaginas shrivel up it's like those sort of words that i was when menopause was talked about they were the the, the language that was used but what i hear is yeah. there's a shrinking in yes you yeah know, okay a shrinking back the yeah. shrivel holds within it this kind of moving away moving away from life mm. Mm. and i think that's telling and what do you, what does that tell you? Well, I think there is a moving away from life through perimenopause and menopause. It's a moving inwards. Mm. So maybe that shrivel is about the kind of resentment 
that we're not actually as present or as able or as willing to be present for the world mm. for, for a while as we mm. used to be you know in our in our 20s and 30s when when we have uh, the bounteous estrogen at our fingertips we are much kinder to other people and we give much more we are able to give much more of ourselves we are buffered our feelings are buffered we're just able to give much more of ourselves and that retreats and we we start to prioritize our own needs more which is mm -hmm. kind of where we where we started wasn't it mm -hmm. um but that's a temporary thing through the menopause process so that we can go back out and engage mm -hmm. And could you speak to that? Because I love one of the things that was so helpful to me was the three phases that you talk about. Mm. So I'd love you to share about those three phases of, of menopause. Yeah, sure. So the, again, this, this, this uh, teaching is from Red School and something that I've also developed with Leora Leboff at Womankind. And these phases are separation, surrender and emergence. So separation is one of, the, one of the first things you'll notice in perimenopause is that you need more space and that people aren't as, people are a bit more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> then they get more and more annoying and you'll probably have fantasies of a wide horizon or a seascape or the beach or mountains and wanting to burn your house down and go and live a long way from people um, and this is separation and separation includes in it the process of feeling the the tension of the things that don't suit you anymore so we've, we've you know we've taken on a lot of stuff we've taken on a lot of roles a lot of physical stuff and we feel the tension of what doesn't fit with our souls what what is ripe for release very similar to the premenstrual phase but a bit longer so there's there's this itch to let go and of course accompanied by the panic that oh oh my god i'm gonna lose the plot so there's a one of the <laughs> how do i know if i'm perimenopausal you'll want to run away and you'll <laughs> feel like you're going mad you know how positive is that but this is with purpose right <laughs> you feel like you're going mad because you don't because you expect to be in a in a in a constant summer you expect to be endlessly productive we expect to be in an endless getting more and more efficient i mean it's hilarious isn't it more and more efficient like a machine that learns <laughs> <laughs> like a computer with a brain that learns better and gets more efficient and more successful and bigger and bigger and you know, clearly that's insane <laughs> but we believe this you know yeah. so that when when we find that our energy is dropping and that we're being called to really care for our vulnerabilities to really care for our vulnerabilities and I hear you listeners say, I'm already caring for my vulnerabilities. And I say, yes, you are. And what more can you do? You know, we're mm. really being asked to step up for ourselves here, to champion our, our needs. And then and, and through this championing, and as we can inch and edge messily forwards and two steps forward and two steps backwards and we inch messily into caring for ourselves and making ourselves important and learning to love ourselves in in different and new ways we can find ourselves more in surrender 
the second phase and surrender is is it doesn't mean that everything is is la la and, and marvelous it means that we are able to relate to it better we are able to relate to our messiness better so instead of saying oh this is impossible i i i haven't slept for two nights and i have to do this presentation in, in surrender in separation sorry in surrender we might saying well i haven't slept for two nights can i postpone the can i postpone <laughs> The presentation or can i make it smaller or more doable or how can i rest before and afterwards or what how what resources can i call in to support me and that's really what happens in surrender along with a heap of rest mm -hmm. um and this will look different for everybody because i i'm a big fan of yoga nidra there's a lot of yoga nidra in the book but some people like to rest by kickboxing or by um, drawing or, you know, it, it's stuff that we've, we've been doing for, for the last three decades. And you know what it is that you do in order to get that lovely restful feeling. But bringing more of it in and making that a priority in your life is essential in surrender. Mm. And by filling our, we're filling our tanks, we're filling ourselves up we kind of edge more into emergence, which is the third phase. And the emergence is this place where you'll know you're in, in emergence because your first temptation will be to go, oh, I'm better now. Thank you, menopause. And I'm going to run out and conquer the world <laughs> because our energy starts to rise. And culturally, we have been educated into when you have energy, you have to give it away. You have to, as soon as you have something, you have to run around and give it but if you think about how much you've been over giving and caring for others and doing unpaid work and and trying to feel enough trying to feel like you're enough over decades and decades and decades it's going to take more than a bit a bit of rest to fill us up <laughs> you know and the, the, the maybe the maybe there'll be people listening who have cared for themselves at every uh, period, when, whenever they have a period or whenever they're ill or have been able to step back. And that is possible, but it's, it's, not, it's not true for most of us. So in, in emergence, our challenge is to use this energy for ourselves and to, to practice containing energy. I mean, it's such a radical thing to ask of ourselves and a really really interesting process and through this filling up we can start to feel our way into second spring into our postmenopausal life and start to be kind of a bit playful about what that might be look like what that might look like or what that might be mm, thank you for sharing that i just it's such a helpful framework because when i was first in my perimenopause phase I had this like just wanting to be on my own even more I need it anyway but just wanting to hide from the world but I didn't understand it and I was worried about it so when I heard that actually this is a normal part of menopause that was such a relief for me and I also loved what you share in the book that these phases aren't also linear that you can move between them because I thought I was in emergence recently and I just got thrown right back to separation <laughs> And again, just normalizing 
the, the messiness and the unpredictability yeah. of it has been super helpful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. It, it's really not a linear process. And, you know, in real life, we will continue to spiral through yeah. the seasons and through these phases. And each time we learn a little more. Gathering information as we go, gathering wool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I loved as well what you shared about emergence as well in the book about, as you said there, but slightly in a different way about it being this tender shoots mm. process. And that really was really beautiful to read and seeing at that phase of nurturing yourself like a plant that's just growing in a whole new way. And again, that, that, that brought a gentleness to that time. And I can see the importance of that in a way that in the beauty of how you articulated it. Mm, thank you for seeing that. And I, th I think that within the kind of the menstrual cycle awareness culture and in the kind of feminine rising sort of culture, there's quite a lot of, um, how can I say, sort of, I, I, I think it's idealized vision of postmenopause, you know, the, the wise woman and the crone and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and maybe there's an element of that, but there's also a ton of tenderness and wibbliness. If you think about coming out of the dark, coming out of hibernation, it's a, it's a tender process. Mm. And we're new, you know, we come out new like those new plants. Yeah. I don't know for, for all you gardeners out there, you know, it's, it's when you've grown those little, those little cosmos on the windowsill in February and <laughs> you put them outside and they're, they're sort of, they're, oh, I, I hate that part. Of, <laughs> they're all trembling outside in, the, in my wambly little greenhouse, crappy little plastic greenhouse. And I'm thinking, oh, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? And they, they, the reality is they take a lot of care and tenderness. And yeah, I have to keep my eye on them and act according and look at the weather. And oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe that needs an extra bit of fleece on there. You know, we have to, and we have to do that for ourselves. We have to care for ourselves. And I see in myself and in my colleagues, my contemporaries coming out into second spring post-menopause and we're still going yes yes we're feeling that teenage rush and yes we feel renewed and yes we, there's a sort of freshness and there's also oh god surely I should have understood what I'm supposed to be doing here by now <laughs> I'm 56 for Christ's sake do you not know who you are ah, falling over on my face again you know and that's part of the newness of spring because it's it's very akin to mm. our teenage years and you know going out running out falling flat on my face <laughs> all that stuff so awesome. it's yeah I, I think that's something that I really I, I, I feel that our generation because we're, we're, we're contemporaries we're kind of writing the story about conscious conscious menopause and a conscious third age Mm, yeah absolutely and I wanted to come back to what you said at the beginning around that it's an undoing but an undoing with meaning yep. so for somebody listening who's looking at their life in perimenopause and feeling like oh I don't like this I don't want to be doing that 
could you share some wisdom of how they might sort of navigate that? And I, and I, and I loved what you said, you know, there was something in the book you said about sort of menopause is a magnet for all our unresolved issues. There's that great quote from Uma Dinsmore Tully about the tax <laughs> return, it's time to pay your dues. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, for somebody listening, um, but there was also another one about the drying up process, the distilling down that menopause mm. is this like finding the, the, the rich flavors of you <laughs> through all of this. So I'd love you to speak a little more to that. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, bottom line is you don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of the things that we're, we're so addicted to is overthinking everything. And there's nothing... There's nothing you have to do except to attend to yourself kindly. Mm. Nothing. I'm not going to say any more. Don't come to me with your three-point plan. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, because I I can feel in myself the itch to say, well, there's this and there's this and there's this and you could do this. And, you know, there's a thousand things you could do. But ultimately we've been overdoing for so long and trying to fix ourselves for so long and trying to make ourselves, I, I feel, yeah, I feel, I feel really angry about it. We've, we've been trying to make ourselves okay for so, so long. And now it's time to stop doing that and to attend to ourselves kindly. And that will probably mean slowing down and you'll find that hard. We all do, but that's what it requires mm. because menopause is if you we feel like we're falling apart and menopause is holding us so it's much more a question of slowing down and leaning back into what is than yeah having yeah. a three-point plan and this, this this is true whether or not you take uh hormone therapy or hrt or whatever contraception you you use marina coils uh birth control uh hormonal birth control whatever doesn't matter you still have to do the same stuff yeah and i love that the books the 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 subtitle of the book is the self-care guide to menopause and you have so much around kindness Mm. weaved in throughout the book um and the the was one question does this nourish or deplete me for example and just these little questions that creating space to ask those feels super powerful yeah because we can barely think (laughs) yeah many of us yep (laughs) that's why that's why the book's in tiny chapters because it's, (laughs) it's really hard to think to think a lot and we're already overwhelmed so reduce making everything smaller is is so much easier yeah is this is this this fun (laughs) (laughs) is this pleasurable well you're you're you know you're you're in the pleasure zone so that's absolutely in your in your country in your expertise yeah but for a lot of people listening that might be a uh, big stretch to give themselves permission to ask that question is this pleasurable and and one of the things you also write about so beautifully is uh, the learn time to learn to say no yeah so yes. for and for and for if your life is full already to allow pleasure in then there has to be room for that so something has to give somewhere and mm-hmm. that takes a bit of practice yeah 
Yeah, it certainly does. Mm. So you also talk a lot as well about um, the importance of rest and mm. yoga nidra. So if anyone's listening who's not heard of yoga nidra, could you share a little bit about what that is? Yeah, it's a kind of meditation, but a kind of meditation that you can't get wrong and requires no um, skill or, <laughs> or uh, expertise. It's more like being a little child and being tucked up in bed, uh, really safe and feeling really safe and warm and a kind person reading your story so that you can just let go. And that there's a particular structure to it um, that helps you get into a, a special relaxed state, the kind of relaxed state that you're in just before you go to sleep. So you're just kind of hovering on the edge. Um, and because you're in this, this special relaxed place, your mind is more receptive to suggestion. And my suggestion within the nidras in the book is that it's <laughs> you're doing okay and that the process is purposeful and is holding you. Hmm. And have you got some recorded versions of those people yep. can listen yeah. to? Yeah, there's audio in there included. Amazing. I fought very hard <laughs> with the publishers because of course publishers are interested in words that they don't they don't really get it about audio but i've i i made sure that there is a, a ton of audio in there all the needles are recorded there's a medicine circle that is recorded there are various meditations that are all recorded and in there so that you can play with them as you as you wish Oh, that's wonderful. I, I, I'm, I'm a great fan of yoga nidra as well. I do it every single day. And it's just my, it's just such a gentle way to just stop mm. and pause and let go. And I love that he says like having a story read to you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think, you know, again, with rest and similarly with, yeah, again, again, with rest, it feels like something that we all it can easily on our self care as well, whatever that looks like for you, it can easily be something that uh, is uh, made into a duty and, and, and an extra obligation on your to do list. So anyway, we can make this easier, like having a nice, a nice friendly voice telling you what to do. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I love um, the um, intimacy uh, woman, Michaela Bohm, she says, how do you make things a treat, not a chore? And I really like that distinction. And yeah. um, so that you can look forward to it because it can feel like a chore at the beginning, but if you can open it up to that place of, oh yeah, this is just 20 minutes for me <laughs> and how that changes it. So you mentioned medicine circles. So what are they? I'd love to hear. Mm. Well, this is this is the it's a somatic process whereby you take in an intention or a question. So that might be about uh, your health or emotional well-being or about you know a bigger soul picture or anything you like really. And you take it into this somatic meditation, and we take a journey through the seasons. So you go through your your teen years and gather. Inform information about what might help you, what might support you to heal issues there through your summer years, so through your 30s, and also through your, your perimenopause and your menopause and second spring. So you, you, it's a, again, a bit like Nidra, it's a guided verbal practice. So that's the audio that will guide you through this process to gather information 
and you know your special your special bonus is that you get to experience second spring no matter where you are and that's an, enor an enormously affirming uh thing to actually feel it so that's all part of the kind of reassurance gathering this sense of being held in this process of expansion and contraction mm, beautiful and sounds like you're um a real advocate of them from the work that you're doing and well, I've been I've been a therapist for like for like thirty years. And wow. I've done all all kinds of stuff, uh, all sorts of different trainings and workshops and body psychotherapy and I mean like a gazillion things. And there's something about these medicine circles. They they are both very containing, so you feel very safe. So they're mm. very they're very good uh, at helping your nervous system settle so that your intuition can arise, so that your knowing can arise. So af afterwards, people often say, oh, I knew that. <laughs> of course I knew that. <laughs> but there's the combination of the, of the strong structure of the seasons and the complete freedom for you to be in charge of your process and to demand whatever you need from that process is enormously liberating and freeing. Mm. makes mm. a very clear channel and can people do those with you do you do yeah, them online I do, one, I, I do that one to one online okay um and that's a more obviously that's a more tailored thing so we stay in touch yeah. verbally so that i can make suggestions as to how that might unfold or, or what have you and also in what we uh do that in uh, sort of groups as well so that that's a more it's like a more strongly held process for yep. a group because yep. to allow for everybody to feel safe. Mm, beautiful. And so with perimenopause, so a number of people said, I really love you to do an episode on perimenopause. I want to know more about it and, and all of this. Obviously, 100% highly, highly recommend your book, Second Spring. And so for those of you listening, for people listening, you shared about rest, slowing down, doing less. The, the, the phases what else would you like to share from your work that would be helpful for people to hear to orientate them through the process mm, uh, another aspect that is really really helpful is to gather with other people in the same um life phase mm. so in safe communities a safe place so that might be an online community it might be hanging out and having a cup of coffee with your friend, but there's something about hearing other people's experience and feeling that you're not alone is so affirming. And we, we, we all know that. <laughs> we all know that intuitively, but making that a priority, again, it's about nudging, nudging your needs up to the top of the list, making that a priority can be just so so liberating because you get to accept it moves us more into this place of surrender of oh because there's no end to the amount of judgment we give ourselves there's no end <laughs> to it oh well, i have i have these perimenopause symptoms and i'm sure it's because i i i drank too much prosecco last year or last night or whatever or i smoked until i was 40 or because I don't manage my stress wall or because I, because I, because I, no, mm. 
no, no, no there, there's a whole heap, heap more judgment that we put on ourselves. So just hearing other people's experience is like, oh, okay. So this is a thing that's happening. And it's not just me because it, as soon as we, the, the, the process of shame keeps us divided and separate and in pain. Mm. And by coming together, we can just soften a little more as a community. And, you know, in our post, in our post Davina world, there's just more and more of this happening. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the Davina program <laughs> yeah. that was out. And um, yeah, I think that's lovely that gathering the communities and also to be mindful of those communities because when somebody recommended to me your Facebook group, which is called uh, yes, womankind. Womankind. So you can find that on Facebook. Well, actually, you can't because the doors Ooh. are closed. Ah, ah. <laughs> because we keep we because and the reason that we're doing that is because um, it works to have a small, safe community. Right. Yeah. Okay. And you know, we there are big there are big communities, and those require a lot of admin. Yep. And a lot of admin people. And Leora Leboff and I have a small community and we hold those boundaries. Mm. We hold the boundaries about not giving advice, about respecting difference, about um, holding space for acknowledgement of difficulty, for asking asking difficult questions, for putting our uh, dumping our bundle down and saying, this really hurts today. And to be able to drop that bundle without someone saying, oh, really? Have you tried this breathing practice? Yeah. <laughs> that, that takes, you know, we're, we're, we're in there monitoring and holding the situation and being present yeah. in the group. And we can't do that well and look after our own energy if there are lots of people. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, periodically we open the doors again. But. Yeah. Okay. So I'd say then to just about as well finding the right places because the person who recommended your group said they tried different menopause groups on Facebook and found them to be quite um, negative and um, not supportive. And so they really noticed the difference when they were in your group about what a lovely space was held and the clarity of the boundaries and different things. So it's finding that right community, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think you can make your own. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's, that's what I did as well in real life. I, yeah. I, 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 I didn't want to go to a red tent. I, I don't want to listen to people's stories about menstruation. When I was in in um, perimenopause, I was yeah. sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me your story about menstruation. I knew I so strongly needed to hear people in my own phase. Of yes. Life. So yeah. I I I invited people who I knew in, and we together we set the boundaries and figured out how how we could do it well for each other. Mm, beautiful. Yeah, that's such great advice, and. I'd love before I want to talk to you about sex as we're on this sexy life podcast, yeah. but I also oh, just yes. <laughs> love <forget> sex. <laughs> definitely not forget <laughs> sex. But I'd love to just hear about your your take around HRT because it's such a hot potato of an issue. And I was talking to a friend the other day and, and she's just been sort of feeling, should she take it or not? And, and, and had people saying very strongly not to take it for these different reasons. 
So it's just really lovely to speak to that because there's a lot of stuff around it. <laughs> Kate, for, for listeners, I'm sticking my tongue, tongue out. out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so historically, women do not have much power, have had, had not much power. So what happens is our bodies become a battleground. And this is true of hormonal contraception, of birth, and equally of menopause. So there's this weird thing whereby it becomes a hot issue and people have opinions on whether you should take medication or not. It's like, <laughs> really? That's insane. That's absolutely insane. So um, we have, you know, a lot of the reason that we suffer is to do in perimenopause is to do with the stress and the toxicity in our lives. So we live in a toxic environment culturally where older women are not respected. There's a lot of toxicity in our environment from plastics, uh, in the water, in food, you know, all this stuff, the ageism, no, I said the ageism, all, you know, all this in the environmental in general. So we have a lot, and let alone um, ancestral trauma, which will, which will arise for you, your, your family stuff and your family's stuff will arise in perimenopause. So there's a lot to deal with and you're probably working. You might have a family, you might have older parents. There's a, there's a shit ton of stuff going on. And if your shit ton is too big, take some HRT because mm. it might help. Or there again, it might not, but you won't know unless, <laughs> unless you try it, you know? And I, I used to think that it would take, I, I used to, I have complete confession here. I used to think that to medicate would mean that you would put you out of touch, more out of touch with yourself. I really used to believe that. But actually what I have seen through my community and my clients is that everything is possible. So there was somebody who I know who was had a lot of very, very difficult symptoms, was really, really struggling. And she found after a while, it took her a while, quite a while to find the right, the right balance of hormone therapy. And this has put her more in touch with herself. Um, Tanya L. Fursey talks, who's a, a menopause mentor and uh, yeah, mentor, I think she is, uh, talks about turning down the volume on your symptoms mm. so that you can make choices about your life. You know, so if if people are wondering whether to take HRT or not, I would say what would be kindest? What would be the kindest thing that you can do for yourself right now? And how can you come better into relationship with yourself? Those are the questions that we need to be asking ourselves. And we'll mm. all find our own route into that. And that entirely depends on provision, you know, <laughs> which is a whole other thing. What, 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 what access you have to, um, to doctors and their, their degree, their level of knowledge and understanding. You might have a specialist, you might have lots of money to be able to go and find a specialist, or you might have a GP who wants to prescribe you antidepressants mm. and everything in between. <laughs> but how can you be kind and how can you come into a relationship with yourself? Mm. And you're mm. still, you'll still have to rest. 
you're still being called to let go of stuff. But it takes, I think I, what, I, what I observe is that when it works, and it doesn't work for everybody, but when it works, hormone therapy can take the edge off that uh, emergency. Yeah. So that we can come back into ourselves and focus on ourselves. Yeah, thank you. That's really wonderful wisdom to share. And I've seen that particularly with somebody very close in my life, mm. how it's been the difference that's made the difference to enable yeah. them to manage yeah. every day in a whole different way. So um, so that's that's beautiful. And so sex. So <laughs> yes. um, there's so many sort of um, beliefs around how what happens at sex at perimenopause, menopause. And one of the things that I get asked is, you know, is my desire, my libido dropping because I'm in perimenopause? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear, you know, your take on that. Oh, that's such a good question. Because if you're if is your libido dropping is my libido dropping because i'm in perimenopause or is my libido dropping because i'm what what give, give me some other scenario well because i'm my estrogen's dropping and i'm getting clearer on what's happening in my life <laughs> yeah, it could be all sorts of different things stress yeah, exhaustion yeah, exactly. all sorts of things yeah and the thing the thing is that if you make it about perimenopause does that make you more afraid? Mm. Because that this question, is this perimenopause, is usually about fear. Mm. And by and large, the, the solutions, the potential solutions and support for perimenopause are very much the same as the solutions and the potential support if you're stressed if you're ill, if your relationship is ending, if you're questioning your gender, if you, if your sexuality and pleasure is changing completely, which it probably is in perimenopause, it still means it helps if you slow down, build your, oh no, it's so boring. Come on, Kate, send us a supplement. You know, what is this fine plan? It's, it's, you know, anybody listening knows this stuff really slowing down finding ways to be kind and i would uh, i think our our uh the way that we feel pleasure our bodies are changing mm. and the way that we feel pleasure is changing it's one thing and the way that we want to connect with people is changing too mm. so we are <laughs> a moving target <laughs> we are evolving really fast yeah perimenopause the time when you evolve really fast <laughs> that's that's a, that's a great reef name, reef name isn't it um so first of all our job is to try and catch up with ourselves because doing trying to have a sexual relationship in the way that you did two, five, 10 years ago is probably not going to work because you're evolving quickly now. Mm. So it's about coming back into relationship with ourselves. Yeah, so there's, there is a huge range of experience. So really don't believe the hype about libido departing entirely. Uh, what I notice is that through, from observing and listening to my community and clients is that 
if if you if you know if you, if you're kind of inclined to uh, curious about yourself and your personal development you're likely to be interested in your body and what you might need and then the difficulty that is often to more to do with the relationship if, you, if, if you're in a long-term relationship is communicating that and navigating that bit because again we're in a except a process of accelerated growth and your partner is is a land-based being <laughs> so yeah and and that that is much more challenging I think mm, yeah I love the in the book you've got you write a letter to the partners to read out don't you and I, I so beautiful I read that to my partner and I was just sobbing reading it and um and he was just like oh and it, it really helped to reframe something for him as well so I really recommend checking that out um and I love what you shared about that our pleasure is changing and how we how our body response is changing because I feel that that's where a lot of women shut down because they feel like oh that's changing it's not working anymore so it's gone uh, and, and and that can be the point where they don't know what to do and feel there's something up with them but actually it's like you say it's the evolution of our bodies I think that's a really important yeah. message yeah and if, if you think about okay biological fertility is ending you know there is absolutely an ending there which needs dignifying and marking. It's a thing. It you know it needs to be mourned and dignified and released, so that a new kind of fertility can arise through us, mm. a new kind of creativity of of any kind of many kinds. But, you know, it, it, and my experience is that that has come th through very strongly, more strongly. My, my uh, creativity is and the, the fertile nature of my creativity is stronger now than it ever has been. Mm. So it makes sense that because uh, <laughs> I'm always psychological first, right? <laughs> biology. <laughs> it makes sense, therefore, that our biology will be working differently because the requirement is not that we should be creating new humans the create the requirement is that we should be creating new things or new movements or new something else's yeah yeah and i'm so and blessed human babies uh, yeah and and it's so lovely to hear you say that and i'm i see that in a lot of the women i know that are in their 50s it's like autumn they're in their harvest and they just they're just producing mm -hmm. and um they just talk about how they're just in this power source of constant yeah. power source and i'm like oh there's hope I, I feel that and see that when you're on your days when you've got no energy and yeah. so that 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 that, that, that. thank you for that because that's another thing that is really helpful to counteract this this narrative that we live in to build um <laughs> libraries to build communities and to spot these amazing women who are in their creative phase who would you aspire who do you want to aspire to be when you're 60 or 70 or 80 and to and you know that can be fictional characters that can be art. i'm very fond of of um looking at the way art, older artists operate older writers operate hmm. i guess because they operate slightly outside society yeah. but yeah. beautiful role models though yeah 
or your grand your grandmothers and the older people in your community as well and there's my my friend jane big shout out to jane at reef finabel watford because you know she's i don't know how old she is she's in her second summer i would think in her 60s and she's opened a plastic free shop with no retail experience hmm. because she because her mission is to change the way we inhabit the, the planet yeah beautiful yeah thank you i think that's so lovely surround yourself with those well i've got some on social media that i follow and 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 all of that so absolutely and and with uh, coming back to sex um one of the things i wanted to mention because i was quite shocked at the statistic when i read it was how um i mean i knew it was a lot but i didn't realize it was this much and you talk about how sex can get can have the potential to get worse as, as estrogen levels decline and we've got less sort of collagen and that can result in dryness pain and different things which around sort of 50 percent of menopause and women experience yeah so for anyone listening out there who is either experiencing that or has a potential that they might experience in the future, what would you what would you share from your wisdom? Mm. Well, you put me off there with the wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something like, <laughs> no pressure there, Kate. Um, well, uh, two things: one very uh, real world, and the other really deep. The real world one is that um, topical estrogen works really well. Uh, also for UTIs, uh, recurrent UTIs can be an issue in perimenopause and postmenopause. And there are, it's a very low dose and there are no side effects. So that's a really useful thing to have in your, in your mind. But also that, and I can't remember the statistic, but a huge number of us carry trauma in our pelvic bowl a huge number of us have had sex had penetrative sex when we do when we have not consented to that and because perimenopause is the time of of more layers coming up for healing it is likely that this is this is going to be present for you that times when you have then you have been in situations of abuse are going to be speaking more loudly now. So coming, there's a meditation in the book, uh, um, I can't remember what I called it now, but there's a, there's a journey, a womb journey, there's a journey into the pelvic bowl. And I'm sure, I'm sure you offer these as well as a way of sensing into what, what your body is trying to communicate. Mm and really listening and developing that kindness and coming back in to really tend for those parts of ourselves that have been dissociated that are numb and yeah if you, if something goes numb for a very long time and then then we require it to jump to attention <laughs> it hurts mm. you know so yes there is there is there is a, a low, lowering of estrogen which will affect, which does affect our soft tissue and our fascia and all that kind of thing, and that that does that is a thing. And there is the psychological wounding that we're carrying in our bodies, and that is asking for attention and asking for healing. Yeah, beautiful. So that lovely meditation of yours is a great place to start. Yeah. Um, and um, and and I've also had uh, known a number of people who've had great success with topical estrogen. 
that's, a, that's a, 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 some great advice there and there's more in the book on this as well yeah and I'd also love to ask you know for people who because I'm conscious of time because I could dive into all of this so much more um any suggestions for people listening on how they can connect with their sexuality through menopause when it's changing mm. I think pleasure all the way in every shape and form you can possibly manage <laughs> <laughs> So that might be, I'm, I'm sitting at my desk here, that might be, my water bottle has a very pleasing texture. <laughs> <laughs> that might, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite uh, kinesthetic, so I, I quite like feeling the texture of things, I'm quite into the texture of plants, and that's, that's and stroking things, and that's, that's something that I can weave more into my life. And if I can, I get, if I can do that with the consciousness of I am giving myself pleasure for myself for its own sake right now mm. that's the way to go and that you know that's a texture thing for me it might be a, a dancing thing for you or a singing thing or a, I don't know a food thing or all of those <laughs> or everything but, you know it doesn't have to you know I hear tell <laughs> that some people can manage a, hu a huge self-pleasuring ritual with candles and you know a whole day of pleasure, and that that is that is an aspiration. But, uh, in our everyday lives, weaving pleasure into quiet into into little moments and into the things that you're already doing is a much more doable, and it's a great place to start at least. Yeah yeah and a self-pleasure table now okay. <laughs> I'm getting very pervy with my table it's a lovely crane oh, so nice. like they're playing the piano <laughs> I can't stop and I just really want to echo that because I think there's a lot of like um you know this is how self-pleasure should look in these hour in day-long sessions and actually for me a self-pleasure session could be five minutes and as well just something like as simple as just like say stroking your skin and it's that little and often is so much more doable mm. and 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 orgasm is great medicine you know if yeah. you have the capacity to orgasm and you can there's your menopause medicine frankly <laughs> <laughs> and that, that you know that's that's not always possible for all of us you know at the drop of a hat but um where you can arrange for that to, to be present yeah there's your prescription from Dr. Kate. Dr. Kate. <laughs> and also to, to finish off, there's a lovely list of questions actually you've got in the book of questions to speak to your doctor about menopause symptoms oh, and different yes. things, just to mm. signpost people to that because that's super, super helpful. Cool. Yeah. And um, so to finish, I is there anything else you'd like to share that feels alive before we finish? I, th I think that the, th the thing that I'd like to come back to is that you you already know what you need. You know that this that the our over our capacity to Google and overthink and everything really gets gets in our way, and that if you if you think about what you what you already do that you look forward to do doing do more of that. Mm. Yeah, so simple. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. We, we want it to be complicated because we can't do it. 
Absolutely. And I'd love to ask one final question, which is, as we're on the Sexy Life podcast, what does living a sexy life mean to you? Uh, making stuff. Mm. Creativity. Mm. That's, 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 that's very, very, I'm just looking at a project. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> In the corner of my room. It's the next piece for the Threads of Friendship um, project. And that's about stitching, stitching the stories of friendships into garments, mm. telling the stories of friends and the importance of our relationships. Wow, that's mm. so beautiful. Wow. Yeah, and to be able to have an aliveness and um, curiosity and openness to what is what is wanting to be created? That's hot sex. <laughs> Wonderful. And where can people find you online? I'm at Kate underscore Codrington on Instagram. And my website is katecodrington.co.uk. And there is a shed load, a treasure trove, <laughs> an Aladdin's cave of Nidra. And there's a, there's a really handy graphic, actually, of the uh, life phases that you can mm. download, download there um there's all that all that stuff there so there's loads of stuff to get you started wonderful i'll share everything can you do, you do a monthly yoga nidra just say a little bit about I do that a monthly i do a monthly yoga nidra that is based on the season as i observe it and feel it in my garden and in the fields around me mm. i'll share all the details in the show notes so and I'm 100% highly recommend just to link back to your book, Second Spring, um, really is a self-care guide to menopause. So highly recommend that. And just thank you so much for your joy and playfulness and, um, and your wisdom. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast with me, Sarah Rose Bright. I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy. And I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sararosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one -one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running. Wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day.